everyone and welcome back to the It's Good To Talk podcast. So with me today we have Becky. Now um, Becky has done a lot of different things. I met her a while ago through Student Union at uh, Canterbury Christchurch University. She's also probably the reason that I'm here. So if anyone doesn't want me to be here, blame Becky um, because the first podcast I was really part of Becky was leading as the president of Student Union um, at Christchurch and she's also the one that got me into TikTok and social media so it's all Becky's fault so if anyone doesn't like what I say it's all Becky's fault. Anyway, I don't want that credit, <laughs> no one wants that credit. No, no one wants that, however anyone that I've helped as up to the challenge there you go you can also um, help you can also thank Becky. So um, yeah we're going to be talking today about Starting a business basically from scratch, um, as well as doing other things in the background, is um, as Becky, I'm sure, will tell you, uh, more of a hobby at the moment. But you know, hobbies can also bring you money. So it's just the idea of starting a business at one of the most turbulent times for um, anyone at the moment, still in the the, the grips of um, pandemic, also coming out of lockdown, and just seeing what the hell is going on and how it's affected mental health going forward. So, Becky, how are you doing? I'm oh, good thank you I really don't want the credit for putting you on the internet I don't want that it's out there now <laughs> no no I'm really really good and this has been a long time coming you've been trying to get me onto a podcast for probably about a year and a half I think um, put it out there you got me onto yours two years ago just you know <laughs> very true and look where you are now <laughs> no no it's really good I'm glad to do it um yeah I'm just I'm very busy Adam you know this and I struggle to find the time it's fine I'll let you off um but yeah obviously people will be able to tell now that me and Becky do know each other we are friends um as I am with not not everyone that's on here um but I I try and kind of find people that I feel appropriate to be on here so um yeah as I say you're still working on other jobs at the moment or other jobs yeah. um but you have just started a business doing um well I mean coffee and things like that I, I see bits I see doing bits. <laughs> I see do you want me to explain things. it do you want me to explain yeah, yeah, yeah. where it came from why I'm doing it what you're doing it yeah yeah okay so um <laughs> <laughs> I work for for a county council like for our county council um and they told me that I was on a work from home contract last year like fully obviously we've been working from home for you know two and a half years whatever but I was like fully working from home that is it never going back in the office again and it was coming into winter I just moved house as well everything was just a little bit rubbish um and I just felt really down and I thought I can't be the only person that's feeling like this coming out of a pandemic where our working life has changed massively you know our mental health has suffered hugely our physical um kind of self-esteem has changed as well because we've all been stuck at home gaining weight basically for the last two years which that's fine I'm actually okay with that now but I think it still has you know there's a stigma attached to it so there's all sorts of stuff going on and um and I kind of had to sit back over over winter and go why am I so down and it was the lack of physical contact with people like social socialization that I was really missing like I'm a really social person um working like at the university being at uni stuff like that I've always been properly social and then suddenly it was all taken away from me and there would be whole days where I would not speak to another human being apart from my partner when he came home from work and he's drained because he's still going into the office so he doesn't want to speak to me <laughs> he's like no I just need to sit in silence so I'm going please talk to me about anything um so I was trying to find a way that I could kind of balance my social needs and obviously my job as well and I thought well there's options I could go into like a, a you know combined office or whatever and then I thought well I've got the kids and stuff like that so actually work from home works really well for balancing family life um it just didn't work for me in myself so I then looked around my village like I've got a lovely little village around here and it's a really nice community and loads of people work from home there's loads of older people here that are kind of like on their own in isolation doing whatever yeah. and I thought well if I opened a coffee shop, this was the initial thought, if I opened a coffee shop, I love coffee, I like going for coffees, I like work from coffee shops and stuff like that. Um, it could be, this is my, this was my brain thought, it could be a hub of like socially, socialising. So I could put on like book clubs and, do you know what I mean? Like I really thought it could be a social centre. Yeah. So I looked around for a premise and I realised that to maintain my full-time job, which I needed to pay mortgage and bills and everything else, um, and do that alongside, it's a massive risk because you've got to buy a building or rent a building long-term. 
you know, go through loads of different hoops. Opening a full business like that with a premise is very different, different and difficult, and it can take a long time. Um, and it's basically something that you'd want to leave a full time job to go and put everything into. Otherwise, the risk is too large. Like the payoff isn't enough. So then I thought, well, I could do a mobile one. So I bought a coffee trailer. Or I bought a, a horse box trailer that I then converted um, for really not a lot of money, to be fair. Like the amount of money it cost to buy and then to do up was less than four thousand, which that would have just been rent for a couple of months on a building. Do you know what I mean not including the fitting out and the registrations or the rest of it that you kind of needed? So the risk was a lot lower because then once you've converted something like that, it's you can sell it for pretty much what you've spent on it. So it's you know it's easy money and whatever. And I also thought I could just provide a little hub, and if it doesn't work, well I haven't lost much, you know, and it can go kind of forever. Um, so yeah, so I did that and I, and I found, I made friends because I make friends, I do that. I just go and chat to random people and I made friends with a shop around the corner with their owner. They've now gifted me a, a, like a plot of land next to their shop and I feed off of their electric. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't pay rent and I don't pay electricity because if I did, my overheads would be more than I'm making. Whereas now I can basically focus on providing a service as opposed to, I'm not trying to make money. Like that was never my intention i'm never going to make millions from opening a coffee trailer for two hours of a day people have done it there are people that have done it in america, in america especially. Yeah. Yeah, but, it, but it takes <laughs> it takes like it takes a long you have to go to shows you have to move around you have to there's a lot invested in it and to be honest my mental health is not at a point where i feel that i can do that or want to do that like i'm really focused on family life and family life balance now because I mean, you know, Adam, I've been at university for like ever. Not as long as you. I was but... like, don't do that to me. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> no, but for a long time. And my little girl, she all she's known is me at uni and me studying constantly and working long hours to make ends meet and stuff. Like now's the time that I can take a step back and really focus on family and kind of giving that back. So I then don't want to throw myself into a bloody business where I'm away every weekend, you know, touring shows, having to move everything around, stressed out my head, not meeting my bills and whatever else. So this was like a happy medium. And now I've got it to a point where I work two hours a day for the coffee trailer alongside my full time job. Um, I'm seeing people in the morning. I have like my little regulars. Like there's an old man called Malcolm who has a greyhound who comes around. He lives on his own in supported housing just around the corner. He never actually buys a coffee. Um, he just comes and like stands by my trailer and we have a chat for about an hour and a half in the morning. Um, you know, but there are lots of people that like work from home and I've gotten to loads of people in the community and they're starting to know who we are. And I just think there's something about making that connection. It doesn't matter what that connection is or you know how deep it is or how meaningful it is, but making a connection with people that you live nearby, it kind of lights something up in your brain um, and it makes you feel more involved and belonging to something. And that ultimately is what I wanted was like a sense of belonging for me and for other people. Yeah. So um, I mean, yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Yeah, <laughs> at I think those kind of vans um, do quite a lot. Now, I'm, I'm a miserable bastard that doesn't really talk to anybody nearby. So the fact that I even know one of my neighbours' names is quite impressive. Um, but, uh, but I get the idea that a lot, for a lot of people, that is definitely something they, they want to do and they like to do. The trailer especially, because um, I used to, in the... Um, you're going out of shot now, Becky, with that one. I'm, I'm coming back. It's <laughs> because the cat was pushing my monitor and oh, I was dear. like, I need to move it back. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so um, I, for anyone um, that knows Canterbury, I used to work um, in a food van in the middle of, of Canterbury. Um, and we'd have people come in, and it was a great equaliser for people. So we'd have, you know, the lady with her two dogs that come along every morning and have her coffee and her sandwich and, you know, something for the dogs. We'd have a guy that was, um, was homeless that would come along every day and basically get a coffee for himself and then feed his dog. Um, so half the time we'd just come and go, have, a, have some fucking food, seriously, like, we're not going to charge you like this the sausages and bacon stuff cost us fuck all like just eat um but that was always nice as well and then you'd have everyone else you'd have businessmen that worked at barclays coming out and you know mm. getting something and, it, and when they were at the van they talked to each other which i always found really weird because if they walked you know they walk past each other normally they wouldn't talk to each other they but if they're in a yeah. queue yeah. suddenly oh yeah nice to have it. yeah oh yeah they, it's they... common ground isn't it it's every everyone is it's the same way that they talk about breaking bread right that's like a whole thing of 
if you want to find common ground with someone, break bread with them. And it's that instant equaliser. We're human beings. We need to eat the same way that now Westernized society, we like coffee. It's one of those things that brings a society together. Um, not just coffee, though. I also do tea um, and decaf for the lovely pregnant lady who walks down the road and comes to see me. She goes, have you got any decaf and oat milk? I'm like, yes, yes, I have. <laughs> so you've got yeah. to have tea. If, if we, got, we can't be in a village, a rural village in England and not do no. tea. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, and is it? I mean, it is interesting though. And obviously, it's it is that hub, and it is that help for everyone. Like you say, so many of us during the pandemic just got thrown for six. I mean, you mentioned weight, and obviously, me and you have both um, had our issues with weight. Um, we both know what each other used to look like, which I don't think either of us like. Um, <laughs> but um, but you know that's that's a, a struggle as well and actually things like the pan the pandemic happening can really affect mental health when it when it does that because okay yeah everyone put on weight everyone's got a bit bad but when you have a past that you can see yourself falling into because of the pandemic i mean obviously there was a lot of other stuff going on for me as well when the pandemic hit um and so it was just like yeah no fuck this um so it's interesting actually that you chose something that was food and drink <laughs> really yeah but at the same time for me it was getting out of the house so something that I really struggled with is that I, I could sit at my desk all day long and just I wouldn't you know necessarily be eating all the time but I'd be snacking and I wouldn't be mobile at all whereas I'm quite an active person generally even like in my old job I'd just be walking around all the time going to see people doing whatever that at least I was stood up you know like I'm out I'm, I'm doing something and it's productive and I'm not just at a computer desk with my biscuits next to me, like eating biscuits. I mean, I do do that quite a lot as well, to be fair, but it gets me out of the house. And there's just something about having another place of work, like being able to go to work, which is, and the differentiation, this is something I don't think people talk enough about when it comes to working from home, pandemic stuff, whatever, that differentiation between, I mean, I'm sat now, this is my, my office, right? My desk, my office, this is my living room over here and my kitchen's in front of me. So I finish work at what, half past five, six o'clock, I get up and that's my living area. But I always am looking at my laptop thinking I should be doing this or I need to be doing that because I've got several other jobs. Like I do freelance stuff, I do other things. So there's always something to be doing. It's never just a nine to five. Yeah. Um, so having that, like, that's another element of work where I leave the house, that is my work. I don't bring that home with me. I might bring coffee home sometimes, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I do it in terms of shopping generally and working out because I need to run because I'm a marathon runner, so I, I kind of need to leave the house. But generally, to make sure that I leave the house, I don't tend to buy food for a week. I, I will buy it daily. Um, and so it makes it forces me to get out of the house. Um, but I'm, I'm in the same position, but I'm, I, I'm stupid with mine because this is one of my offices, but I don't leave it. Even in a nighttime, I have three screens in front of me. I just turn one of them into a, into a t into Netflix or something. Don't know if that's massively healthy, Adam. Not at all. It's not. No, I have a big TV, but I don't have a TV license, so of course I don't watch normal terrestrial TV. Um, but uh, I. But the thing is, I've got. I've also got like sandbags in the corner, so I can work out whilst I'm watching something. It's all in this room. I know. The I'm, mindset though is. No, so I'm. I'm not. And I said I'm not good with this, but it's weird for me because I haven't turned another part of my house into an office. This is an office. Um, but I, I think that happened um, at the beginning of the pandemic, actually, where I only really went into the office because it's, it's only me here. There's no reason for me not to be in here. And I think that was that was the thing for me that is why that that kind of happened. But, um, yeah, I think getting out of the house, giving yourself a reason to go somewhere else is always really important because otherwise you you just kind of even if let's say let's say it's weight and this isn't on anybody else. This is specifically because me and Becky have a background in it you will feel like shit or that you've your bloat or whatever purely when you're not really but your mind is just going you piece of shit why haven't you moved and I think that's that's important um like you say to kind of get out and do it so I mean how when you came to the, the idea of <clears throat> opening up a coffee shop that then turned into a trade or anything like that mm. what was the mindset in terms of your own mental health like was it just that you were like I need to do something else or I'm going to kill everyone or was it like what how were you feeling when you came to it I I wanted to leave my job like my full-time job right I I hate working for a council 
<laughs> I am such a socialist and yet I work for the biggest Tory council in the whole of the UK like it's it's the hardest thing to every day swallow <laughs> those parts of myself and it's very frustrating and I work in projects and everything in a council is glacial at pace uh, which means that I'm extremely frustrated all of the time Adam you know me how much am I like come on let's do something let's do it let's go let's go like action driven and this place just isn't so I think I got to like November and I've been there what five months something like that four or five months when I was kind of going I hate this like I really want to leave and but I, there was nothing there's nothing for me to go to. I almost needed to stay in that job until I could, you know, pass a qualification or at least stay there a year in order to move on because I had just been in transient jobs. I've been a bloody union president for two years. Like, and then I've been at university for four years prior to that. And do you know what I mean? So it just, I needed something that was like a grown up job for a little while. I know, I know. I don't really. <laughs> more about the salary to be fair like security for Phoebe I want to you know get a mortgage I want to do all these sorts of things at the time and whatever so um that was kind of my mindset was I can't leave my full-time job but I really want to so maybe if I look towards something and if I really enjoyed it and it took off and my job didn't improve that that was something I could kind of put all of my eggs into at some point yeah. um as the time's gone on actually what it gave me was more than just the financial stuff like I it was actually the social stuff that I needed I didn't realize that that's what I needed at the time um so I don't think I'm ever gonna put everything into it because to be fair I don't really want to be serving coffees forever like it's not really and I'm not a business person I I own a business and I run a business quite successfully like I'm making profit which for a small you know a small business in its first six months the fact that I am making profit is good um but it's never going to be something that I'm passionate and driven by I'm not driven by money I'm driven by um well my passions and actually making a difference and you don't really do that with a coffee trailer massively there's a cat coming by the way just in case everyone sees a tail popping <laughs> in a second oh there we go there we go. <laughs> thank you Salem that's lovely especially um, for those watching on YouTube <laughs> <laughs> so so no that was that was the mindset was maybe this could turn into something it's got to be a viable it can't just be me throwing money away um because I'm not you know, I'm, I'm more frugal than that, but it needs to be a viable thing that actually, you know, could potentially turn into something. Um, my mental health improved drastically. Even the act of, because we bought the trailer, I bought the trailer in November, beginning of December. Mm. Um, and it obviously took a couple of months to like convert and do up and stuff. And not where we, me and my partner both have full-time jobs. So it was doing it on an evening or a weekend that we might have free or, or whatever. So it was kind of doing it between that and even doing that was lovely because it was a joint thing that I could do with him for a start. It was like a project that kind of bonded us a little bit. Mm. Um, and it was something very practical that like I was creating and they're really think there's something about feeling fulfilled by creating something, no matter what that is, by making stuff or seeing something change in front of you. I work my entire day I don't make anything I don't even really do anything like my my job is talking to lots of different people and getting them to do stuff now at the end of the day I don't turn around and go ah oh, I, I built that or you know I've written this lovely piece of work whatever I have nothing to show for it and I think over a period of time that really whittles down like your motivation and your morale so yeah putting together the trailer and creating it and making it how I wanted it and you know designing everything we did everything from the electrics all the way up to the aesthetic design I then had to research you know a lot about legalities like legislature about you know food hygiene and all the stuff all that sort of stuff I needed it was just really different and really interesting and then at the end of it I went wow we made that um which is nice yeah also um because of the yeah, you would come, the district council would come under. They're also very weird about how they license um, things. Um, right, that. Can I just talk just quickly? They nearly closed me down before I'd even opened. Like, literally. You moved the trailer by like half an inch. Yeah, did you? Did you literally. So for anyone that doesn't know, the area oh. that um, Becky is in, I'm a former district councillor. And I was on the licensing committee. That's why I know. That's why you know. I had this man who we termed, his name was Ian something. I won't say his actual name. But um, we started calling him Ian Foote out of the really, really oh, bad little <laughs> Britain sketch. I know exactly who it is because it would be that council. Yeah. Oh, it was awful. 
It was absolutely awful. At no point, ladies and gentlemen, did Becky go, oh, you know what, I know a former counsellor. But anyway. Um... <laughs> did I not deal with it myself? It was sometimes it's good to have a helping hand anyway. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, and that is the point of your trailer, but yeah, it can be it can be difficult with uh, with things like that, especially with certain councils. I mean, um, the council that you come under, of course, has, has actually had um, a world renowned busker um, tell the city that he will never return because of basically he threw a, um, a playing card onto a roof and they wanted to find him several hundred pounds and it was like you know what you're fucking idiots like um and it's middle management it's what middle management and councils are there for and you don't really want the middle management <laughs> just get rid of them um it's, it's, but, it's, you know they also they don't talk to each other like i work for a county council they're just as bloody bad hmm. but the district councils there was two there was discrepancies between one department and another department i said but i've jumped through all of the hoops that you've asked me to do and they went well that was registrations that wasn't licensed i'm like oh my christ alive licensing specifically within your area doesn't work for anyone the worst two that don't work together are planning and licensing so you can theoretically get a license for a building that doesn't exist because you have the plans to say it might um, and neither committee that look over it can use information about the other committee to help them pass or not pass it so if the licensing know that there's no chance in hell a building is going to be actually allowed to exist they can't take that into account when they decide whether they should have a license, which is That's fucking so ridiculous. The <laughs> um, rules have not changed. For anyone out there, I left the council 11 years ago. Fucking hell. It hasn't changed. Yeah. I've not changed. Um, you know, it, it, it's just the same. And that does go back to the, the, the how long of being at university, because I was a university student 11 years ago when I was on the council as well. Um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm just, I'm a fucking nightmare like that. But I suppose the way that you've done it then is how a lot of people... You know, going to baking. Everyone seemed to get a sourdough bread and stuff. I mean, I went baking, but I that, I did that before. Like that wasn't a new thing for me. I I returned to things that I did. So I mean, I haven't got them near me. No, I've got them upstairs. I started making beauty products again. So I I oh, you know, nice. lip balms and um, shaving cream and moisturizers and all that kind of stuff. And I now have too many of them upstairs. Um, <laughs> started sending them to my mother. So here's some moisturizer. Um, you know, I've got a load of your moisturiser upstairs as well. It's great. How the hell have you still got? I know it's like a little goes a long way, but Jesus Christ. No, you gave me you gave me like a couple of different ones. And you gave me a box of them, I think. for, for Christmas something. present, wasn't it? Yeah, for Christmas. And um, I've still got, so I use it, weirdly. I've got like eczema on my arm. I use it on my eczema because it's really good. <laughs> you go, you see, guys. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I mean, I, that's what I did. I went and did that and I started drawing again and things like that. Um, and... I think that was my thing. And a lot of people started going to the gym. I mean, you know, the first, not going to the gym, but going to like working out. I mean, there's an obvious one um, I can think of as a YouTuber, which is Jack Septikai. And Jack Septikai, it's really funny because um, the two different lockdowns in the UK, he shows a picture. He's done this uh, to kind of show people because he's quite good on mental health, even though he's a gamer. Um, not saying that gaming isn't good for mental health, guys. It's just that he's not his focus. Um, but he does, he has two pictures. And he has one from first lockdown where he's jacked as fuck. Like his back is huge. And he's just, he looks right. And then the second lockdown where it's like, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> it seems to be one way or the other. Yeah. But for you, you've kind of continued it. I mean, I'm still doing a little things. And of course, I've built into being known as a mental health person, which I, I kind of had that rep. Like to a point, I did that, but I... I'm too much of an asshole to have been seen as that person in general in the future. That's I'm not the person people would have gone. Oh yeah, no, he's going to be the, you know, it doesn't necessarily fit. So that's built from me, but you've done it the, you've done it similar ways. So you thought I'm not going to make mittens for people. I'm not going to bake. You know what? Let's go and sell some coffee. I can't bake and I like I can't knit. There was nothing I could do. And to be honest, everyone learned this in lockdown because they suddenly had loads of time. My lockdown experience was not that at all. My lockdown experience was I now have no time and a child at home who needs teaching as well as a full time job, which has suddenly gotten ridiculous because I'm now supporting, you know, have to 27,000 students. So, yeah. you know, it, it was a, a, a huge difference for me. So I'd love to have taken up baking. Um, but I just didn't have the patience all the time. When when my cookbook comes out at the end of the year, ladies and gentlemen, um, recovering <laughs> fat man, just you know, um, I, I will I will I will send you a copy. Um, but yeah, it's, so um, obviously for you as well, and I, I think this was important for a lot of people that have kids. It's not just it's not just your own mental health; it's also that of, of the kids, but also your mental health issues 
are doubled almost because you can't necessarily take and this is why maybe being around other people is better for you but you can't necessarily take time away from things like i just came back from i've been traveling the world i've been i've been to you know a couple of different continents in the past three four months i can do that because i don't have a child but that's not something that everyone can do because you know you, you have other responsibilities so it's really difficult um when you think you know what fuck this you can't just do that and have you found that that was also just playing on you all the time as to what the fuck do i do because i have you know kids at home and stuff it's, it's just it's like it's almost like the in the same way that I couldn't do something that was just giving up my full-time job, right? Mm. Because there was bills and responsibilities that needed to be done. So I needed something that worked alongside it. Children are exactly the same. They're like a full-time, well, they are a full-time job. And day-to-day does not change. Like it cannot change because you have to stay consistent for them. No matter what the hell's going on in your world, you still get her up, do school uniform, do the school run, do you know what I mean? Make packed lunches, come home, do bath, do bed, do dinner, whatever. Like these are the things that will never change. And it's them, so then it's what you do within those timings that that can support you. Because I could easily have become, and I say that I I can see how people would become a stay-at-home parent where that was my entire life. You know, like I got up in the morning, I lived for the children, I had nothing for myself and I was extremely depressed because there's there's nothing for you and I'm still a human being. I'm still Becky, who I was before I had Phoebe. You know, like I haven't changed. I just have an attachment now. Mm. Um, and she's a wonderful attachment. I would not change her for the world. And at some point she will leave me. So I don't want to spend my entire you know, 20s, 30s just being there for the children because eventually she will go off and live her own life quite rightly so and then what have I got like I would have just wasted wasted I wouldn't have put any if you know emphasis on myself and my own identity it would all be on her and I'm more than just a mum so it's not about escaping for me it's because I don't need to escape like it's more about making sure that I've got something that satisfies my needs as well because then I can better meet her needs because otherwise, if my needs aren't being met, her needs won't be met because I will be a bit of a shell of a person. You know, we've spoken about this before, haven't we, about turning turning your own light on before you turn someone else's on. Where's your mug? Are you getting your mug? <laughs> I, have mug. I have, we have, we have uh, stickers as well, people. We have stickers. Uh, um, I have not got the mug on me, no. But yes, it is, that is an important one of, of the idea of turning on your light first. As like I say, you're having to worry about someone else's mental health as well as yourself and you can't. I think it becomes very difficult when you're um, a parent to do that because there's an inbuilt thing that says they must come first, but they, every fucking parent on the planet is going to hate me now. They fucking can't. They cannot come first because if they do, then they immediately come last. Because if all, if all helping somebody else does is dim your light, what happens when your light goes out? But I would argue that in as much as children don't don't drain you, they give a lot more back to you. Right. So with other people, I really struggle sometimes. And, you know, no, I do this like I will give and give and give to other people without ever really thinking about myself, which was really stupid because it's got me in trouble before where I've been so depleted that it's kind of drained the life out of me kids are almost the opposite of that where you I really feed off of them you know like I, I love spending time with her and stuff. she's knackering sure physically very tiring but emotionally extremely fulfilling um I, it's a very different way of being to other human beings I think just because it's your own offspring um but I do think that there is this element of identity rather than like you know you need that space from them or whatever it's more about having your own identity to also show them it's a bit like boundaries it's like you have to put boundaries in place for them for them to respect that and to guide them in life as how to be because if I just sat back and went right that's it I'm just going to raise children I'm not going to work I'm not going to do this what's that teaching her that doesn't teach her work ethic it doesn't teach her that you can be a parent be a mum and be everything else as well like and I've always in my mind that's what I wanted to see she knows that I've been to university with her she knows that you can do whatever the hell you want you want two degrees you go and get two degrees you want to travel the world you go and travel the world just take your kid with you <laughs> like this you know there's things that you can do I mean the the obvious thing I would say to is that I don't think you're actually disagreeing with me I think you're you're wanting it to sound different because it sounds different and it seems nicer <laughs> in your own head because 
other, other people like to make themselves sound nicer and I just don't care. Um, because my point being is the difference between you said about getting the food van was a way in which it, it, it helped your needs and it helped you be a better parent and everything else, which is exactly what I said. That's yeah. putting on your light first so that you can then do something else rather than staying at home and which would in the end drain you and you'd have nothing to look back on. Yeah. yeah. That is the idea. And I think people always take, um, not offense is the wrong word and it's hard to think of the right word, but people always think because it's the Legree, it's what um, Foucault's Legree states that we should be, it should be because of society has told us we should be is I'm a parent. Therefore my entire world is them. Yeah. And it's like, it, it can be, but at the same time, if you do nothing to look after yourself, you cannot look after them. It doesn't matter how much they give back. If no, you haven't slept, if you haven't eaten, if you haven't made sure that you're not about to hit a fucking brick wall in your mental health, there's mm -hmm. nothing you can do. Because when you finally are depleted by whatever it is, but it doesn't have to be them that's depleting you. It can be something completely external to them. Yeah. When yeah, something right. else depletes you, what helps? Because, that's right. and, that, that's and, the and, and the thing is, they unlike other adults, that maybe take that away from you and you have to protect your thing they can't sort themselves out so like with other adults i can go right i need my own time now thank you very much you can deal with yourself because you are an adult and i need to take some time to recharge kids you can't do that with because kids will die like thieves will set herself alight trying to make a cup of tea or something and this is my point of what happens when you're drained so much that your light goes out yeah no, no, one's, no one's there to help so yeah. i think that is important that you ha that you have that and of course there are there are stay-at-home parents who have are massively for i think my, my my mother would be although my mother was a secretary when i was born. but even my even my mother who is, is a hello cat <laughs> even my mother who is a stay-at-home oh who is a um you know was a stay-at-home mum when i when i was younger um pretty much she did a couple of things but even even her now, she's um, traveled a bit more and she's kind of left that for her retirement to do more of it. Um, so it can be successful. But if that's not the person you are, then it's not the person you are. Um, and I think that's that, that's what people need to need to realize. I think a lot of people have realized during the pandemic, they've realized who they actually are. Mm -hmm. And a lot of relationships have realized what they actually are. Um, mm -hmm. So many relationships broke up during the pandemic because it's like, oh, so we actually don't like each other. <laughs> yeah a good fuck but that's about it like that was basically <laughs> what people were coming to because it was i have to speak to you all day jesus mm. christ no um and i think that that was that was important people have started to go you know looking at the jobs like you did and looking at the jobs and going okay am i in this job because i have no way out of this job is there something else i can do is there anything and you know so many people have changed careers you know i worked at a university i was um going to be going to be lecturing at the university and i'm now known for a lot of people as being a mental health guy you know i'm i i do that i've started a mental health charity and that's just that was a hobby that was something just in the background where because i was the one person suffering from mental health that was neurodivergent that actually didn't back down that was the only reason i was the one that talked about it before because most people that neurodivergent at least in the sphere that i was in did back down because of the neurodivergence so that was the only reason i came forward now it's like oh shit okay well this is now something i do so it mm. is interesting that that's become people have realized who they are and maybe that change for you has made you realize that you are in need of an addition kind of maybe constantly maybe mm. it is something that you always have to you know you'll end up as that um that kind of mother for the for the village that just comes yeah. comes out with bread and stuff. Yeah. You know, I Ian took Kaya, Ian's my partner. I'm talking to everybody else here because you know who Ian is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> took <laughs> took Caius the dog uh, for a walk around the churchyard the other day, and he rang me or no, he texted me, and he went and um, goes, "Do you know that you and Caius are famous?" <laughs> I was like, well, "What do you mean?" He said he got stopped by by two ladies in like round the village, whatever. He didn't know who the hell we were. He went, oh, is that Caius from Caius and Becky in the coffee van? <laughs> and I, I, I think there is this element of I like to be, I always have liked to be in a community and, and not necessarily known in a community, but definitely like feel that I'm doing something, you know, like I like to feel like I have a purpose in life that has a, 
a good outcome, like a positive outcome. I'm making a change for the better. It's not always true. And it's definitely a fabrication in my head 80% of the time. But it's a need that I have to, to feel that way. So if I'm in a job that I just go, no one would notice if I wasn't here. I'm not really doing anything. There's no you know, outcome to this. What the hell am I? Uh, what the hell's my purpose? That's not good enough for me. And that never will be. There might come a time when the coffee trailer can diminish or something else isn't on the sidelines because my actual job is fulfilling Christchurch was like that when I worked in the union because that was all encompassing and I 100% felt like I was making a difference <laughs> no matter what you might disagree with this Adam but there was <laughs> I, I mean you can't you can't say there wasn't there hasn't been change because I was there right I haven't not no, I haven't not there I have in some way affected change whether that's positive or not it doesn't really matter I affected some level of change right that is start saying after I'm there whatever student parents is an ideal one student parents you know for me that was my biggest thing my biggest campaign and now it is well and truly on the radar and there are things that have tangibly changed at that university because of what I was doing hmm. I needed that that was all encompassing that was fine that's what I could do I don't have that with my job now. <laughs> so I went to find something else that I could do in a community and build a community. Which... Yeah, I mean, your name being remembered is certainly better than, than mine would be, because in the same circumstance, in terms of universities, more than one university, if my name is mentioned to the university, let alone it, it's usually with a kind of, oh, fucking hell. Is he back again? God. It's, it's, it's Yeah, it's that kind of, because I, I think I, I allowed my, and, you know, this is, anyone that's listening in terms of our mental health don't fucking do this but I allowed myself to be the brunt of anyone's hate or attack because it was easier because the people that wouldn't shout back well it was easier for me to shout because I would and it's like uh, I don't fucking care like I'll, I'll deal with it if you and I think that's what although that did get lost I think a lot of people assumed the stuff I said or stuff I did was me and 90% of it was someone else which did come out in a, in a meeting once where I had on actually on mental health because I was not the first person to mention it and somebody else just went fucking went at them and I was like oh cool I can shut up this, this <laughs> um but you know it is it is it is nice sometimes um because on the flip side I, I also had people that would then go oh it's it's you so it is nice to have that when you can have someone contact you for those reasons I mean I have a, a letter on my on my um my desk in front of me from um the first person to write to me as up for the challenge, um, which is my, for anyone that doesn't know, it's my, my online moniker, whatever, you know. Um, brand, isn't it? <laughs> so it's, it's my, kind of the mental health version of me. And it was when somebody sent me a letter basically saying, thank you. And, you know, I, I've, I've waited to, to, for your streams. I've been there waiting because of our bad days and thank you for helping. And that's quite nice to have there, you know, um, and I'm, I'm I'm friends with with her as well, and it's it, that's that's really nice to have. So it is good to have that there, and to have some idea that you've made an impact. I think is always always helpful. And I think the, the thing as well is getting out into the community is something really important because obviously this wouldn't have happened with you, but I know when the pandemic. So when I became up for the challenge and I started doing things online, it was many months really until someone called me by my name and yeah. I just I or it almost felt weird when someone called me Adam because I was like yeah oh yeah no I'm I'm not just called up or up for the challenge or challenge that's not my name like what the fuck because you, you'd called it for so long and it's like you hear about you know Willem Dafoe for instance random one but Willem Dafoe is not called Willem Dafoe Willem Dafoe's name is William but one of his mates couldn't say his name properly called him Willem and by the time he went into acting. He just went, well, it's actually weird for me to call myself William now. So, he just went with <laughs> so it's the same thing for yeah. me. I know I actually I've done podcasts. Anybody that's watched or listened to the um, Untapped Keg um, interviews that I've done and the podcast back and forth with them. Um, Monty calls me up. He knows my name. I know his name, but he still calls me up. So it's, it's really weird. And I suppose mm. getting out into the community like you've done with the coffee um, band is that idea of be still being you being able to be you without just being stuck behind a screen and being the end of an email because that's all anybody actually knows of you and they might go oh are you that because I'm also guessing you're Rebecca at work yes yeah 
So it, 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 I'm similar thing, I would guess, because although yeah. that is your name, you're kind of like, yeah, but I'm not. Well, I, the other thing is I've never actually, because I started in the middle of the pandemic, I've never met any of my colleagues in person, like never. Yeah. So I talk to these people, you know, daily, we work together, we do lots of different things together. I've never met them. And that is genuinely really depressing when you think about how much time you spend with these people and they don't know anything about me. Yeah. Well, they know, you know, stuff about me that I tell them, but other than what they see in my background, like that's it. They've never seen how tall I am, you know, like what clothes I wear, any of these sorts of things. And whereas the people that I see on a daily basis, they hear my voice and they they see me and if I needed a hug I'm a very tactile person if I needed physical contact because something you know I just needed a hug I could have one I know lots of people now that means I guess what I do with that and which like lots of other people will do in various different ways whatever they're comfortable with I've set myself up to have a network to support me if anything should go wrong but equally I can support other people if anyone else is struggling as well I'm, I'm trying to that's what community is isn't it I'm trying to create some sort of network in our local area because to be fair the last two years I've not liked what human beings have been doing to each other mm. like I, I it's just shown me what I mean I called the business right cup of kindness because honestly is there any kindness in the bloody world anymore I couldn't see any and it was really it was making me very sad to be a human um, to see how people were treating each other even from my own family everyone was just out for number one and I don't think that's the right way to be at all see it's 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 really funny because I don't think we disagree but I think the way that we talk about it is different because I hate the idea of being kind um in terms of the word kind I think it's used too much it's like so when I first came onto the scene in terms of mental health um I was called wholesome and I fucking hated it <laughs> oh, he's so lovely. he's so kind and wholesome. I'm like, no, I'm not. I don't think I'd ever describe you as wholesome. <laughs> because again, this is this they they see one side, and yeah. I like, and and I think that that became problematic for me in terms of um because I, I also go with the idea that everyone in the world, everyone that you've ever interacted with, there is a min at minimum one person thinks you're an arsehole. Um, you are every single one of us, and I don't care who you are, every single one of us is somebody's crazy ex. And you know what? Probably the person that you think is your crazy ex because you were fucking atrocious for each other. And you were at some point in your in your life an atrocious human being. You may still be an atrocious human being, but have other qualities. And I don't like the idea of this kind of wholesome and kind because in my mind, it's I like to embrace the idea of what somebody truly is and be like, OK, let's go with the reality and then go from there because we can still be kind in recognizing the fact that we're flawed because I think the problem I have is with the language more than anything else is the idea of this kind of oh isn't everyone lovely and kind and holds us fuck off I don't I, I don't think that that I think you could I think you're right we're talking about the same sorts of things same thing, just different words I don't like yeah it because I think it I think my problem is is that it, it I think using words like kind wholesome um all that kind of stuff in my mind, mainly because I spend it online more than you do. And I think online, at least, it's propagated by that L.A. mindfulness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, but that's all fake bollocks anyway. Exactly. Kindness, I suppose, in its purest sense is, and I, OK, maybe another word I use quite a lot is being gentle. Like, and I don't just mean physically being gentle, but being gentle to yourself, to others and going you lot have got shit on you couldn't be a like you you you're a dick half the time right <laughs> you are when I, you are just a dick but I'm gentle with you because I like you we're friends we've been friends for a very long time that doesn't mean so you don't piss me off or my partner off thank you very much but do you know what I mean so being gentle is about looking at people and going yes you can be all of these things in one go you don't have to be one or the other like I would like to think that I am you know more often than not a person that people want to be around but I can also be a right twat and that's fine you can be all of these things and it you know it's not a thing what what happened do you remember do you remember this is probably for for some another podcast probably not for this one but you know it's you know there something happened to me at university right something not very nice happened to me at university mm -hmm. and I remember people saying to me why would you still be with him why would you still know him why you know any of these things I said, because people can be both things people can be 
abusive and nasty and do you know horrific things but they can also be kind and gentle and good and all of these it it's not um you know it's not one or the other it, it you can be a blend of everything and different parts can show at different times depending on what stresses are in the world and the context of, of where you are and everything else so when I say cup of kindness it's more about to go to people can you just be less dickish and show more of the nice parts of yourself and actually don't always think about yourself because I think that for me is the biggest thing don't always think about yourself try and think about others the and, and the way I think is I think being selfish or thinking about yourself is the best way to make sure you look after others yeah, so but that, people take that to the extreme don't they, they? I think it's uh, but then I, I think everyone's going to think different or something else but that's the point we are different I mean my general thing and like you say yeah I can be a dick and I, I'm, I'm quite open about it but it's it's I think it's doing it for the right reasons in the kind of I'm an arsehole because I think it is right in that situation like the thing I always say and it's part of my community is in in my mind everyone is an arsehole and th I take this um this next bit from lethal weapon 2 like, not lethal weapon die hard 2 so it, <laughs> hey you know toxic masculinity has to come in handy sometimes God. um so my, in my mind everyone is an arsehole if you get on with someone and you can find their qualities then they're just your kind of arsehole. Yeah, yeah. And if they're not, and you find that they've done something you dislike or whatever afterwards, well, you already knew they were an arsehole. Mm -hmm. It's a lot easier to deal with, I think, personally, for your own well-being when someone doesn't drop from a great height in which you've put on a pedestal. If all that happens is they go, oh, well, okay, you were an arsehole then, rather than, oh, my God, this person is fantastic. Yeah. And then, I then question yourself because of, you're stocking someone else. No, I guess kind of realistically, the from what you're saying there, and I, I don't disagree with you at all, is it's all about whenever you judge somebody as to whether someone is nice or kind or whatever, it's ultimately, oh, something just came on the telly. Um, it ultimately just means that you found someone that holds the same values as you. That doesn't mean that they're right values. It just means they're the same as yours, like they're shared. And yeah. I'm just going to turn that TV down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. I think <laughs> quite a on it. <laughs> so what happens when you have technology ruling your entire life guys who <laughs> so will occasionally talk to me as well um but yeah i mean you're quite right i i would you know and i think this is why i friends that i have tend to be um, better friends because of the fact that i most people will want to be the nice person when they first meet someone mm. i don't I would rather be the arsehole. And if somebody wants to get me to know me afterwards, great. Then you'll find out whether I'm your kind of arsehole or not. It just takes a hell of a lot longer, Adam. I can tell from personal experience. <laughs> but, then, but then I think those kind of friendships and those kind of connections last and they are better. And you have no qualms or no illusions about who that person is. No, if they say they're going right. to do something, you are confident they'll do it rather than going, well, they've been nice, so I assume they are. It's, it's exactly the same in relationships exactly the same like you know you know when you go through a relationship and you kind of hit the year year and a half maybe two year period where you're really starting to see the the the, the harder bits to love do you know what I mean like the harder stuff the you go through some stuff or whatever and you find this if you can love the hard stuff that's it you're set you know you're set for life because you've seen all of them then and that's that's the point at which and I've had relationships that you see that early on and it's a good indicator as to whether or not that's a keeper or not mm. or equally if you see it later on because they've hidden it for a very long time it's it's that's more difficult to stomach because you've got this sense of what they are which actually turns out to not be true at all it would be easier for me if everyone just rocked up and went this is how I am you know this is my worst bit da, 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 and I can make a decision <laughs> based on that and, and, and you know that's that's the thing and i i think i i mean i i used to when i because i again people if you want to go and check out my other podcast which is called kick to the crotch um i used to be the um instructor for self-defense at kenford crossfit university and my initial speech was the same every year which was hi everyone i'm an arsehole but that is my best and my worst quality <laughs> um and that was the same thing every year because the point was when we're training people on and I put it in those terms I kind of follow up for everything else in life because if I'm not if I'm not an asshole to you now if I treat you with kick gloves and I'm kind and everything to you it doesn't help you it doesn't help you there's nothing you're getting out of that you're only getting out of that because that looks nice because it's the stuff you've seen on YouTube when they talk to you very softly and lovely I don't fucking care like it's not that's not the part that you need from me and I'm I'm fine with that 
And, you know, I, I, it's why I disagree with um, certain, um, you know, Charles Dickens and, and the Muppets on, you know, if, if you're only, the measure of a man, you simply count as friends. No, everyone can have friends. Everyone can have 5,000 friends. You just be fucking walked on for the rest of your life and you'll have as many friends as you want. None of them will ever be there for you. None of them will ever care about you. None of them will ever really truly interact with you because they don't say, see the side of you. You might have one complete arsehole who has one person at his um, gravesite, but then he, their impact throughout their entire community is far higher than anybody else's. So I'm, I'm, I'm far more of a kind of fuck you all, find out whether you like me in your own time. Um, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but there we go. That's, but then that's just how I am. And that's why I, I do these podcasts as well on mental health, because I think it's important because I also think there's a lot of people out there that really need to do that, that haven't, and then they get trodden mm-hmm. down by everybody else. So it's having that ability to, to find what you, what you need to take from life and from things around you. You found your way by doing it with a community. So you can interact with people and you, know, you, can, you can bring that community um, together. So do you feel then that having that community and having that thing around you, has, has it lifted a weight or has it um maybe added an, another facet onto who you are mm, i don't know if it's lifted a weight because running a business is not that easy to be fair like there's you know lots to it um as small and as easy as it kind of is it is still a, a bit of a burden i think what it's kind of done for me is as i've always been doing is, is giving me a bit more of a family like i've always been been looking for to belong to something I've never really belonged to anything so I look for those sorts of spaces and so I think it's what it's done is substitute for me what I lost when I left university and provided that kind of sense of community I love it I do love it I love going and speaking to the people and seeing people and feeling like where I live now there would be people that I could go and talk to or people that would trust me um, to come and talk to me I don't know why I genuinely don't know why I like that so much um but it gives me a nice warm feeling <laughs> inside i mean it goes to the cliched comment that i make a lot but it is right which is what's best for you is what, what's right for you is what's right for you it sounds stupid but it's true like if it works for you it works for you that that yeah. you don't need anything else don't need an explanation yeah no for sure and then that's the thing and i think it works for it works both ways doesn't it it's not merely a selfish endeavor you know i am providing a service in some level um and i'm making a little bit of money so i'm kind of contributing to a capitalist society but we won't talk about that too much <laughs> no, me and Becky d- disagree uh, <laughs> uh, but yes I mean it's you know it is one of those things it's it's a it's something you've built around yourself um do you however feel that that has also as well as being part of the community because you built up around yourself so that you have that community you've created yourself your own external bubble for your own mental health mm-hmm. yeah Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I think that was probably in my mind the point of it. <laughs> you know, you can I can fluff it up and say oh, I just really want to do a great service. Ultimately, I've been creating a support network for myself because I know that I struggle. I know I do, and it it helps. So I suppose the obvious thing there would be bubbles tend to burst, mm. and do you worry that it, that is a network that? if you moved away if if you or ian got um a job offer that was mm. amazing in wherever i mean you previously wanted to move to australia yeah so yeah. anything like that that just came out of nowhere i mean with with ian's job especially you could get some amazing offers because of his, you know you could get some i mean uh, he's in a similar line of work as to my former brother-in-law my former brother-in-law now works in austria um and lives in austria because of that so do you worry that there's that one it could burst and if it did that you would collapse along with it no because my pattern in life has been i go from bubble to bubble so like i I, it doesn't take me very long to create that that support network that community like i don't struggle with that necessarily do you know what i mean like it didn't take me very long i was at university i suddenly had this big network of people that were around me that you know within societies and then within the union and there's always i've always found a way to do that so no and it sounds bad but actually it's almost like a disruptor's trait which is kind of what i do is you go in you create something you do something you change something and then you move on anyway 
like you know and then you leave it and it's self-sustaining that's the idea of a community it's not based around me I'm not crucial to this this kind of thing it should be a case of I can build this up and build this up and then leave it and it still is working um and that's really what I would like is that I will eventually leave where I live now um probably because we're our house is getting too small we've got a rottweiler and two children so the rottweiler is getting bigger so are the kids but the house is not so we will eventually need to move um and when I do that yes I'll probably take the trailer with me or I'll sell it to someone local who might want to do a couple of hours a day and keep that going or these people will just continue to meet in whatever way like you know it, it won't I don't think it will go away you need to build strong ties and then keep that going and that's the the main aim of something yeah to take taken away from it being a bubble into something else I mean yeah. there, is, there is I'm sure work for a therapist down the line of the idea of jumping from bubble to bubble but you know we won't go into that don't uh, need to it's fine I'm not <laughs> But yeah, there are, there are there are things around it, and it's it's finding where you can you can go from. And it's interesting that the the business itself is in itself part of a mental health mm. thing for you. It's not just oh, I'm creating a business and that's going to be a fucking nightmare for me, or my mental health is shit. I need to do something about it. It's that the the both of them come together because. So did you feel that that was the only way to really get somewhere or was was there was there other things like you know to go and create a I don't know a fucking running group or something because obviously well, well you did <laughs> running have you done a fucking running group as well have I, I've, I've joined a running group I haven't created one but I joined a local one to, to see legs. if that would <laughs> no it's not jelly legs it's um it's called run together run together Canterbury hmm. which is lovely yeah it's really good it's really good I, I think the difference there because I did also think about doing other stuff like I thought about I've got a social centre across the road from me, like a physical building. And I thought I could run, um, you know, like a book club or like a social group or try and find like a society niche or whatever. Right. And I thought that I thought that's not good enough for me. Like, that's not enough. I, I need to feel that I'm creating something properly um, that, that could and is more socially acceptable because ultimately running a business is more like socially acceptable if you want to spend that time doing it because you're earning money. So it was almost like a bit of a cover up for me to go, oh, yeah, I'm spending all this time on it, but at least I'm building something, you know, whereas if I just wanted to go and run a book club, um, it, it doesn't quite have the same impact on a society, on a you know, community and on a society as, as doing something bigger like that. Excuse to go and have drinks and pretend you read a book. Is that... yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> I also don't like reading that much, so... I didn't, but now I have basically a library. So um, <laughs> I went from I went from the extremes. To, 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 I had never I had never read a book until the two years younger than you. Really? Uh, no, anyone out there that that's going? Well, wait a minute, that's something weird there. Yeah, there is. I managed to agree with that reading a book. Um, <laughs> oh my god! I didn't even read my notes. Um, this is the downside of having a neurodetic memory. I just remembered it. Uh, so. I hate you sometimes. God's sake. <laughs> Embrace it. Um, yeah, no, it was that was how I got through it. In fact, yeah, I'd yeah, I'd um, got through a, a lot of it because of that. So, but then I actually found I enjoyed reading. But but the, the thing is, is that that was weird because my mental health, my neurodivergence, which I still it still feels really weird to me because one of neurodivergence obviously is has been effectively taken back by the community to to mean anything that's fucked up in your head and if anyone wants to have a go at me for saying fucked up in the head i am part of the community fuck off um <laughs> it's you know it, it's we've taken it back to be like anyone of us but in the original ideas of neurodivergence it's really strange that dyslexia is one of them because it just doesn't feel like it should be mm. um but yeah it, my neurodivergence is actually the reason that i found out about my memory because I hated reading. I still cannot envisage or, or, or create a character in my head. It's why I hate fantasy. Most of my, um, my books here, apart from a couple, are nonfiction because I can't create that in my head. But it also meant that, well, I can't read my notes. I can't read the books. What the fuck do I do? Okay, let's just try and remember it. And then suddenly I just did. My, my brain just kicked in. So, um, but yeah, book groups. Book groups would be fun. Just go and 
you know, become well, a... my next plan is that now that I've kind of established the business as something, um, I want to use that brand and like host little events and, and kind of like social events and stuff. Now that the summer, you know, is kind of coming around the corner as well to mm. do something outside. because I've got like a nice little outside, outside plot. Um, and whether that's like, I know, barbecue, we said about doing a barbecue in the summer and just like inviting all the people from the community for free and just, do you know what I mean? Just kind of doing stuff. I, 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 you're going to really fucking hate me for this, but I just have, I've just in my head, because you're called Cup of Kindness, I, it's legally blonde is what's in my head of the snaps. <laughs> because it's literally. Elwood <laughs> is a bit of an idol. Okay? Oh, I like Elwood. Hey, hey. And if you have a chance to go and see it on the West End, do it. It's fucking awesome. It's amazing on the West End. Yeah. I love the West End. But she's just... smart. She's sassy. Oh, no, but she's I, also I love lovely it. and speaks highly of everybody. It's fantastic. The point I'll make it, I've just, it's off topic, but on topic. The point I'll make about that is in the second <laughs> film. Um, she is not rewarded for being kind to everyone. She only succeeds because someone else is an arsehole. So just gonna bring that one up. <laughs> but um, but uh, but yes, there's that bit where she does the snaps and it's just a cup full of all the nice. <laughs> I just love the idea that you just be at a barbecue or something. Just went, okay, now we're gonna read this out about the community. Yeah. Oh, that's a really good idea. <laughs> Oh, that's a lovely idea. Like a suggestions box. People can fill it in over the week, and then we can read it all out to give people the warm fuzzy. You're you're gonna you're you're bringing Reese Witherspoon's career back to back to life. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, um, I don't know if there's um if we've gone over everything. We have gone in about fifty different directions because it's just what we do. This is what this podcast does. I always say to people, this podcast for me is a is a chat you over here in a pub. Um, one that you hopefully want to get involved in, not the one that pisses you off. Um, but hopefully we've gone over quite a few things, different directions and a different few different things. Maybe some people want to think about or want to turn off and they've left us long ago. Um, <laughs> if you have got to this point, firstly, well done. Get yourself a cookie. You deserve it. Um, was there anything that um, you wanted to add or say before we said goodbye? No, I <laughs> just to really piss you off. Can everyone just be kind to each oh, other, please? Yes, <laughs> no, just, just no. Um, so, yeah, obviously we've gone over a lot of different things there and it's finding, finding your niche and finding how you are going to look after yourself is very important. And um, don't just do what you think um, others want you to do because it will not help in the long run. So. And be brave. Like, that's the biggest takeaway I can say from this is be brave because it, is, it feels like a risk. It feels like a leap, but actually it can be really, really rewarding. So give it a go. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much for being with me, Becky. Thank you, everyone who has made it to this point. And um, we will see you again uh, next time. Should be with Sammy Dodger Mines from TikTok. Those of you that watch TikTok. And again, Becky is the reason I have TikTok and now has no idea who Sammy is. But there we go. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. And we will see you again next time. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.